everybody, and welcome back to Popcorn Prattle. I am one of your hosts, Mr. Marcus Sally, executive producer of Shenanigans Incorporated and one of the co-creators of Popcorn Prattle. If this is your first time joining us, welcome to the show. We are but a humble podcast that enjoys talking about movies, not in a pretentious way, but as, as if you are talking about movies with your best good buddies. And of course... Tonight, as always, I am joined by my best good buddies. First up, you know him, you love him. He's the man, the myth, the legend. It's Mr. Stephen Bailey. Stephen, say hi to the folks at home. Hello, folks at home. And of course, you know her, you love her. She's ever so lovely, the ever so talented, the stardust queen herself, Miss Lindley Key. Lindley, say hi to the folks at home. Hey. Guys, um, first off, uh, it was so it was so fun to get a chance to record with you guys um, live. That was a great that was a great show. That was a great. That episode. was a great show. That was good. Um, audience, if you have if you did not get a chance to listen to our live uh, recording of our Go Home DC, you're drunk uh, at Adventure Brewing in Fredericksburg, Virginia. You need to go listen to it quick fast in a hurry um completely improvised i am <laughs> i am shocked i am shocked uh at how how enjoyable that was um because there was a tiny part of me that thought i was like mm, this could easily go bad and it went better than expected so guys i am i am super excited about that uh, and if you guys, if you audience, if you listen to uh, the live recording and you like what we're putting down, then you decide you want to come back, you want to finish up this episode, and you like what we're putting down, you know that you can always find us on Spotify. You can find us on Podbean, iTunes, Google Play, iHeartRadio. You can literally find us anywhere that podcasts are consumed. You can even listen to us on your A-L-E-X-A uh, device. I'm not going to say it because then she'll start talking in my own apartment and then it'll freak me out like it normally does. Um, mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, watching you. Sometimes I feel like somebody's watching me. And I got the privacy. Oh. And of course, you can always be watching Miss Lindley Key over here. Lindley Key, as I uh, mentioned earlier, she is the Stardust Queen. Lindley, tell uh, the audience a little bit about uh, Stardust and where they can uh, reach you. Well, guys, Stardust is a really cool app, and you can post your reactions to things you watch whether it's movies or TV shows or new trailers, which we're going to talk about some trailers coming up real soon. But if you want to see some really cool reactions to things that I watch or from people like Jeremy Johns, Chris Stuckman, Epic Voice Guy, they're all in the app. Go download it. It's free. It's awesome. And go follow me at Little Lottie. That is Little L-O-T-T-I-E. And audience, it's a lot of it's a lot of fun. It's very interesting um, to to watch Lindley give reviews of so many different movies, so many different TV shows. She does a great job. She does it more than I do. Um, I have I haven't posted in a while. It feels so bad. Oh no! But how many followers are you up to? Uh, I don't know. I think they just did like a sweep of like bots. Mm-hmm. 
on the site. Um, so I'm still at 1.7K. Oh. That's reasonable. She, she says, I'm only 1.7K. Well, I had like over 2,000, but then they did like an update and they swept for like bots. Oh, uh, okay. Um, so, which is, which is great. They also have a new thing where they have a daily, um, a daily poll. So like today's poll is Harry Potter versus Lord of the Rings. Ooh. And this is actually kind of hard. I, I might have to jump in on that because uh, <laughs> I do love but, myself some Harry Potter, but. But, but yeah, that's a big butt. Ah, <laughs> uh, like big butts. It. I didn't mean it like that. And I cannot lie. <laughs> audience uh if you couldn't tell we are a wee bit tired lindley just got back from work steve and i are running on fumes as we close out the school year um but it's gonna be okay it's gonna be all right because we are getting to uh we are getting to the end of our summer speaking and and, and by fumes he he means just low energy do not read into low fumes. yes steven do people not. realize what i meant Oh my gosh. I hate you so much. You know that? I love you. Don't don't love me. But you know what I do love, Steven? <laughs> you know what I do love? What? I love this and I and I just remembered I didn't write it down. Um so forgive me for going off script a little bit, guys. Um audience, just a big heads up. Uh, if you are in the Washington, D.C. area uh, for a little thing called BlurredCon, you will find Popcorn Prattle milling about uh, where you can possibly be interviewed. So go to BlurredCon, check us out. And as it gets closer, of course, we will have a lot more information as far as where you can meet us, what we'll be talking about, so on and so forth. You know how we do. Uh, because we, we like to be very inclusive, uh, here at Popcorn Prattle, um, which ironically is, uh, what we wanted to talk about for our main event for tonight. Um, but first let's talk about, uh, let's talk about some of the other topics, um, first. Uh, first up, of course, it, it wouldn't be Popcorn Prattle if we didn't bash the DCEU. Or as I said at the live show, the uh, Detective Comics Evil Universe. Um, (laughs) So apparently, apparently, DC has the bright idea to make a solo solo Joker movie because that's just wonderful. Don't they listen? (laughs) I seriously, we need to. You know what we need to do? You know what we need to do? So. Uh, uh, Drew, Drew Hallam from, uh, from Real Feels, uh, Movie Talk Podcast, uh, go check him out, he's a good friend of ours, uh, he actually, uh, tagged Warwick Davis for his newest episode about Willow. Uh-huh. And Warwick Davis, like, retweeted them. Hey! Yeah, right? right? That's great. What we need to do is we need to tag the DCEU execs, or Warner Brothers, and just be like, hey... We will make your universe better if you just listen to us. Can I do that with the Dark Universe? Lindley, I don't think the Dark Universe can be saved, dear. <laughs> I know you really want it to be, but I don't think it can be saved. You do it. You know what? You tag them. You tag them to your heart's light. I'm not going to discourage you. You do it, girl. Okay. 
But we're going to talk about, <laughs> of course, we're going to talk about Joker. Uh, there was a, a crap ton of trailers that came out. We're going to be talking about Bumblebee. We're going to be talking about Wreck-It Ralph breaks the universe, not wrecks the universe, even though breaks that one makes more Breaks the internet. Excuse me. I'm thinking of Scott Pilgrim for some reason. Uh, and or of, you're talking about Into the Spider-Verse, which we're going to talk about too. Of course, of course, of course. And of course, we're going to be talking about the Lego movie too. Was it? Is it the next part? The next chapter? The second part? The second part. Yeah. That much better title. They they got a good idea man there. <laughs> we'll also be giving you, uh, because we got a chance to to watch Solo, or at least uh, Steve, Steve and I got a chance to see it together. Lindley had already seen it, so. I got to hang out with my cool friends, that so is, be jealous. That is very true. That is very true. Um, but we went to go see Solo with Dave. Hey, Dave. Hey, Dave. Hey Dave, and uh, we'll be ending. We'll be ending with uh, a little bit more of a serious topic, um, but n- but no less um, no less important. Um, we're going to be talking about Star Wars fatigue, and uh, Stephen actually uh, brought something to our attention uh, today when we were trying to figure out topics, and we're going to talk about the fandom of Star Wars and how it might be contributing to Star Wars fatigue. Um, oh, we will be talking about the fandom. Oh, it's gonna get a little yes, heated. Um, it is. And on. if you and if you are if you are one of these people that um, is is causing all of the strife within the Star Wars fandom, uh, get ready to unsubscribe because we're gonna be talking about you. Um, and if you are a strong supporter of what we stand for here at Popcorn Prattle, uh, get ready to click subscribe because. You're going to enjoy it. Um, but without further ado, and gilding of the lily, Stephen, Lindley, are you ready? Ready. Guys, let's prattle. Ladies and gentlemen, at this time, I need to announce it's last, last call, call at, at the, the bar. bar. Oh. Go home, DC. You're drunk. Got Patron in my car. Straight path. Straight path. I got that goose in my cup, a Patron rolling up, in the seat, got me drunk, party people in the club, ay, throw them bottles up, 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 ay, uh, so, let's Let's talk about Lindley's favorite movie. <laughs> Suicide Squad. The Mummy? <laughs> no, we're not talking about Mummy. We're not talking about Mummy. No, no, no. <laughs> Lindley, we don't have enough time to talk about The, <laughs> the Mummy <laughs> and what's wrong with it. Uh, so, Jared Leto's Joker. Do people like it? Like, is, no. Like, do enough people like it that it warrants a solo movie? No, 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 no. I didn't think so. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Lindley, Lindley, Lindley. What? Get ready. Get ready. This is no. a first for Popcorn Prattle. Steven. What? What? What Hold did on. you think of Jared Leto's performance? Because Steven, audience, Steven watched Suicide Squad. <laughs> he watched it. He watched most of the DCEU movies except for Justice League. Because Suicide Squad was so bad, it literally broke him. And then he gave Suffer. the movie away as a prize. 
<laughs> That's how bad Suicide Squad is. <laughs> Congratulations, Tim Boyd. You get to suffer like the rest of us. <laughs> he probably burned it. <laughs> or he or he put it like so. in the trash. He's like, yeah, I got this when I went to the bar. I don't know what this is. I'm not <laughs> or watching gave it this. to like a grandkid or something. Like, here you go. This is hip, ain't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's got that hippity hop rap music in it. Um, Steven, what did you think of his performance? Well, at first, I got mildly excited because, you know, I don't know about you, but I have been waiting for several decades now to see the third installment in the Ace Ventura series. And when I saw him resurrect the character, I was like, that, yes, I had no idea that's what was going to happen. But then when I sobered up a little bit because it was about 20 minutes into the movie and (laughs) boy, I needed help getting through that one. Um, I realized it was not Ace Ventura. Mm -hmm. It was the Joker. And you know who does a really good Joker? Heath Ledger and Jack Nicholson. And once upon a time, Cesar Romero. You know who does not do a good job? Wait, 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 Stephen. Got Mark Hamill. I was about to say. I'm just talking about live action. Uh, no, 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 no. You include Mark Hamill in this argument. Oh, I'm sorry. You drafting my arguments for me? Yes. Put Mark Hamill in the argument, please. Show some okay. respect. Okay. Well, okay, fine. Mark Hamill. Thank you. Pray continue. Why? Why Mark Hamill? No, why continue? <laughs> You're making your point. I was making my point. <laughs> now, what was it? Where was I? I've lost track of where I was. <laughs> Whatever. Jared Leto's Joker was dumb. Almost as dumb as the movie. Almost as dumb as dumb gets. And... Oh my god, the whole movie sucked. Uh Everyone in it sucked. Everything about it sucked. Do not argue with me. Don't question me. Don't at me. Blindly accept what I say. Okay. All right. All right. Jared Leto's Joker was a waste. We will we will give you we will give you that, Steven. (laughs) Suicide Squad does suck. We've talked about Suicide Suicide Squad. We've beaten it to death. Let's let's focus in on Jared Leto's Joker. Jared Leto's Joker, guys, is not it's like it's like they took they wanted him to be like Heath Ledger so badly. They wanted to capture that magic so badly, but they also wanted to get like a tiny bit of what Mark Hamill was bringing to the table. There was no Mark Hamill. No, no, no. No, I'm saying, I'm saying that's what they wanted. Because they know, they know that Mark Hamill is the definitive Joker. Let's keep it real. But the problem is, is that you put the Joker into a movie where his whole existence is centered around Batman. And you didn't make Batman. Batman his focus. You made Harley his focus. Which is so dumb because the Joker doesn't care about Harley. Exactly. He plays with her to make her seem like he does. Exactly. And Harley falls head over heels. It's the whole point of Harley Quinn's story arc is that she learns 
like what's going on and becomes her own villain without him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Stop. And I gotta be honest. I did not get that from watching the movie. That's because it didn't come across because (laughs) (laughs) And and to be honest, guys, to be honest, to be honest, I I enjoy the Joker character. I really do. But when I think about like the vil- the comic book villains, and I'm including Marvel in this argument, but when I think about like I like iconic comic book villains, people that I am just dying to see a movie about, Joker is not one of them. I don't want to see. Need his own movie. He doesn't. I don't. I never want to see Joker on screen. Without Batman, because to me it's like it well it doesn't make sense for Joker to be in a movie by himself. What is he gonna do? What can he possibly do that's not a Batman movie? And I don't want an origin story. The Joker is the last person that needs an origin story. The mystery around him and his like unreliable narrator aspect are what make his character great. But I swear. I swear, if DC tries to do a live-action version of the killing joke with this Joker, I will riot. It's going to be dumb. It's 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 going to be dumb dumb. if you try to do something like that. Like, and and especially since, like, you know, again, I'm, I'm I'm trying to think of iconic villains within you know, the DC universe, somebody that I would, and I know Dave is some sitting somewhere. He's like, Mergs, there's tons. Yeah, I get it, Dave. There are tons, but really there are, there are more Marvel villains that I would love to see a solo movie about. Give me a Dr. Doom movie. Like a proper Dr. Doom. Oh yeah. Like a, like a, like a real, give me like actual doom. Right. And like, and give me like, give me the storyline from Secret Wars where basically Doctor Doom becomes a god, and is like he just wrecks everybody who stands up against him, and it's great, it's wonderful for the character, and and even seeing him in uh, Infamous Iron Man is interesting to me, um, but Joker. Really? Here's my my beef with the Joker, too. Hmm. He's so overdone. Yes. It's like every time they Mm want to try and make their... It's like every time they want to make their uh, definitive statement on this new interpretation, they always bring out the Joker. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, they did that with the Tim Burton movies. They did it with the Nolan movies. And they have done it with every single Batman incarnation since. Uh, They've done it with, um, you know, the new cartoon show. They did it with, um, you know, uh, Gotham. Um, that stupid show that's apparently Don't still on. Don't get me started got, on Gotham. With this, and it's like, I just, I feel like there are so many other villains mm-hmm. that in that universe you could explore. And it's like when you keep showing the Joker, um, you really take away anything special about him. Yes. You know, it's it's overplayed. It's, you know, people are going to be bored by that. You're taking like away just, the mystery. It's like I just, I just read that you know, um, the Batman. I think it is um, they found their villain with the penguin, mm-hmm. and it's like okay, that would be interesting to see because we haven't seen that villain in a while. Mm-hmm. But I still feel like there are other villains who have never gotten a good uh, screen presence. 
you know, like Killer Croc. Mm-hmm. You, I have not seen a good Killer Croc yet. Suicide mm-hmm. Squad doesn't count. No, it doesn't. As far as I'm concerned, it never happened. <laughs> <laughs> Please tell me it never happened and it was just a bad nightmare. Please. <laughs> Daddy was right. Daddy was right. Now, I, I agree with you, Stephen, that there are there are so many different villains within, uh, especially in Batman's rogues gallery, that deserve more screen time. Um, but we're just, for some reason, it's like they don't trust their audience to, I don't know if it's like to buy into them or if they don't think that they're strong enough to carry a movie by themselves, which is complete and utter BS. Every one of Batman's rogues gallery is strong enough to carry their own movie. That's why when you think of like, when you think of a rogues gallery, usually when it comes to DC villains, mm, correct me if I'm wrong, you will almost always think of a Batman villain. Yeah. (laughs) You know? With the exception of, like, Lex Luthor? Right. And even Lex, even Lex uh, sees Batman as a rival. Probably a worthier rival than Superman is. Because Lex knows that this is somebody who is just as intelligent as him. And a business rival as well. So, look. The Joker movie, it's going to be horrible. We'll keep monitoring it. <laughs> who knows? If it actually happens at all. I was about to say, who knows if this is actually going to happen? Because isn't, like, Leo supposed to be in a Joker origin movie? Mm-hmm. So, Directed by Scorsese. I don't. Yeah, by Scorsese. Like, we'll see. We'll we'll see what happens. But I'm if not holding my breath on DCU this. see you out of its misery, let it go into moratorium for a few years, and then bring it back with some halfway competent filmmakers. I mean, my God. My God. <laughs> as you, Tell us how you really feel. As you can Steven. see, audience, Steven is still very and much uh, hurt by this. I'm just kidding. I'm done. <laughs> Are you, though? I don't know. Well, unfortunately, he's going to have to be because let's talk about some fun stuff. Let's talk about these trailers that are opening up. And I have to say, I'm I'm in the middle of watching um, or partially watching. I'm like watching it, but not listening to it. Uh, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. So I'm very excited. I'm very excited to talk about this trailer. But are you watching it right now? Well, I'm watching little bits and pieces of it. Oh, Oh, when you get to the end, when you get to the I, I've end. already watched, I've already finished it. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I was watching it while, while Stephen was having a brain aneurysm. Gotcha. Yes, yes. So, so you saw the thing? You saw who was at the end of the I, trailer? I did indeed. But we're going to get there. We're going to get there. Let's hold off. Let's hold off. Let's let's start off with, uh, with a little bit of Bumblebee action. Uh, this is the spinoff. To the Transformers franchise, started by Michael Bay, where we are talking about Bumblebee, uh, who this movie—it's a period piece. It's set in the—it looks like '80s, '70s, '80s, probably. I think '80s. Who cares? <laughs> Indeed, that's a very good point, Lindley. <laughs> who actually cares? Because here's my question: Who the hell asked for this movie? 
probably the same people who asked for a, uh, a solo Joker movie. So Bumblebee. Um, on one hand, I like that it looks like it's actually being advertised for kids. I mean, who'd have thunk a, a property franchise that was designed Do you really for think kids? that's what they're gearing towards, um, though? Based on a toy line for kids. is finally making a movie actually <laughs> for kids. That's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, well, I mean, you know, I you don't see Shia LaBeouf yucking it up. You don't see... I don't know. No, but you see a female lead, and this is still a Michael Bay project. He might not be uh, behind the camera, but uh, let's just call a spade a spade. Oh, oh. Well, You're not whatever. wrong. It looks like a ripoff of the Iron Giant. <laughs> it does have some Iron Giant vibes, most definitely. Some? <laughs> No, 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 Marcus. No, we're going to call it like it is. It looks exactly like the Iron Giant. (laughs) Metal Man shows up, the friend's kid, who you have pointed out is a teenage girl. Mm -hmm. It is a Michael Bay movie. (laughs) This is just weird. Um, And uh, gets to know the whole, where did you come from? And, of course, it's Bumblebee, so can only speak in, I don't know, what was it, radio clips or something mm-hmm. or who cares it's hurting my head just to think so yeah but friends of the robot gets to know him they have some fun quirky adventures and then the military is like we don't like him we think he's part of the reds and, yeah. <laughs> cue plot where bumblebee will either have to sacrifice himself which makes no sense considering he shows like up close in to later Bumblebee movies, will die, or someone close to him will die. What? Oh yeah, yeah. that's true. Wait, yeah. what? But, yeah. Probably. <laughs> nah, she's she gonna die. Show up in any sequels. She's yeah, gonna because she's die. old. No. Yes. Martin, no, you're the, giving the movie way too much credit to think about timeline. If Shia LaBeouf, Stephen, if Shia LaBeouf in this universe is not dead, then this girl does not have to die. She just mysteriously disappears, and they don't talk about it, which is the biggest problem with this with this franchise and doing something like a prequel. So, if you, if, I don't know if you guys have seen the, the fourth before? Transformers movie. But they make the no mention the... of Shia LaBeouf's character. He just he just disappears. So the dinosaur one. Was that? No, no, this was Age of Extinction. And in Age of Extinction, not only are the Transformers now, well, the, the Autobots, not only are they outlaws now, apparently, according to the, the U.S. government, even though they were the ones who saved the world multiple times. And not only this, sorry, I'm going to go back to Age of Extinction for a moment because they say in that movie, right? They say in that movie, they're like the Transformers, like they're the, they're the cause of all of our troubles. But if you remember in the third movie, they also the said one. the exact same thing. And who had to come in to save the day? The Autobots. So again, no, 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 no. I look, look. Here's why I remember these movies because I love this franchise. I don't love the movies, but I love Transformers franchise. I've been playing with Transformers since I was a wee tot. No, I'm not like 
versed in like the entire lore of Transformers, but I know enough that why would the humans say these are bad people when they said that in the previous movie and then they proved themselves not to be bad people? Okay, but I'm getting off. I'm getting off track. Shia LaBeouf and this girl. Okay, Shia LaBeouf just disappears. They don't talk about him. They never reference him. He he doesn't get referenced until like an obscure picture in uh, uh, the last Last night. night. That's when that's when you see Shia LaBeouf and like, oh, he's still alive, maybe in this universe. No, he's dead. So this girl, this girl, right? She doesn't necessarily have to die. They're just gonna they're just not gonna talk about her anymore. That's what's going to happen. And that is dumb. That's bad storytelling. Especially when you're trying to make a cinematic universe. You want to know that these characters, unless you officially kill them on screen, you want to know that they're still in the world. That's what's cool about, you know, the Marvel universe. No, you don't see like all these superheroes, but you at least know that they're still around. And that they could potentially show up again, and you can have a cool nostalgic moment. But no, Michael Bay, you're too busy objectifying women. Sorry. Got on my soapbox a little bit. No. But for, I just don't care. I really don't care enough to get, like, worked <laughs> up about it. Is this but am I wrong? That it's going to make money, whether it's good or bad, so it's not going to bother to put out no. a decent product or the product mm-hmm. that it could be. So I'm just like, if they're not going to care, I'm not going to care. It works out fine. You know something else that this trailer really kind of made me aware of? What's that? There is a trope in movie trailers now. It used to be the Inception horn, and recently it was the slow cover of a famous song. But now I think there's a new trope emerging where they sample audio clips from a previous character from one of the previous films, mm. usually if they are dead. And I'm not trying to be disrespectful. I'm just calling it like it is. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh, this this one uses um, Bernie Mac's, uh, Bernie Mac's uh, lines from the first movie, mm-hmm. where he's talking to Shia LaBeouf about a car or whatever. And it was a trope. I think they used Alec Guinness in one of the Star Wars trailers. Mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. I've noticed it in a few other trailers. It wasn't in the Star Wars trailer. It was in The Force Awakens where they used his voice in Rey's fever dream. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which, that that I feel is is different than using it in, you know, in the trailer. I'm, I'm actually not as offended by that. I mean, I'm a huge, huge Bernie Mac fan, R.I.P., uh, to the burn man, but it's I'm not as offended as as like the slow cover. Now that you pointed it out Which, to me, the slow cover really it, bothers me. To you guys later, but there's a fantastic sketch by the Valley folk. Um, used to be the guys, the people from SourceFed. They did a sketch or skit sketch mm-hmm. about that, about two people who like their artists, but their mm-hmm. whole. Their whole gig is making those slow covers for trailers. It's fantastic. So go look that up. I'll share it with you guys later. Nice, very nice. <laughs> All right, so guys, we got to keep going because we got a whole bunch of trailers that we have to burn through. So many trailers. Uh, let's switch gears a little bit. Let's talk about Wreck-It Ralph two. 
Um, Wreck-It Ralph breaks the internet. Uh, Loved it. This was a good trailer. I I really enjoyed this. Um, I I saw Wreck-It Ralph late in life. <laughs> like a couple of years after it came out in theaters. And I... Um, I really, really enjoy it so much. Um, I think it's just a fun, cute movie, um, and it's it's so it's it's nice to see this movie uh, taking on like a you know going beyond just let's just be in let's just make video game references uh, to see them now go off and say like let's make uh, internet references. I feel like this movie above like any other movie that tries to do something like this really has shown that they've earned the right to do so. Um, Can I I actually disagree? Oh, oh. May may I finish my thought? No. (laughs) Go ahead. (laughs) Well, I'm going to finish my thought. Uh, I just, I I mean, just, I, and I, oh, actually, I know exactly what you're going to say because we talked about this. I actually love the Disney princess moment. That was, to me, was so flippin' funny. I was dying. And it was and it was great because it, no, <laughs> I was like, no. this is exactly what I would want from them making fun of Disney princesses. See, I, I agree with that. I love that scene. Mm-hmm. Especially especially with Rapunzel Bill be like, Kidnapper, it's like, what? No, what are you guys okay? Do I need to call the police? That is and like Cinderella using her glass slipper as a shiv. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. There are good moments, but the majority of a trailer of this trailer is not a movie trailer. Do we know anything about the plot from this trailer? No. We know nothing about the plot. All we have seen so far mm-hmm. is just a commercial for Disney. <laughs> Right. I'm I'm serious. While I give it props to that princess scene because that was A+. Plus, mm-hmm. It was cool seeing all the princesses together. But we it told us nothing about the plot. It's just, ooh, look, here's Ralph and Vanellope going to the internet. Oh, look, here's the My, Di- oh, My Disney site. Who besides 12-year-old girls goes to the Oh My Disney site? I didn't realize it was an Oh My Disney site at all. Yeah. I didn't know it was a thing. So... So, it, again, it's a commercial for Oh My Disney. And they're like, oh, yeah, remember? We now own Marvel. Oh, remember? We now own Star Wars. Here's all of these things. And still we know nothing about the story for this movie. But do we need to? Yes! Why? Star Wars you know doesn't what? tell us anything about the plot until, like, a week, the week of. But <laughs> we, it's more than just a few, like, scenes thrown together. You know, like, the kind of... Not the plot necessarily, but you know what the stakes are going to be. This just looks like it could be like a short that goes in front of a different movie. Or like those little Cars movies that they splice together and put on Netflix. But I don't, I, I mean, again, do you do you need so much, do you need that plot for something like Wreck-It Ralph 2? Yes, because this the first one was so good, and the story was so great, and the characters were great. Where's Where's Fix-It Felix? Where's the commander? They're in I it. Wanna... Where? I didn't see them. Well, they're not in the trailer, but they're in it. You can go on IMDb and see that they're in it. I wanted to see them, though. Yeah, but this is... 
again, this is the first trailer. We don't need to see all that stuff. This is a fun Lindley. Let people have fun. I'm not saying it's not fun, and I did have fun watching it, mm-hmm. but it's not a good trailer. It's a commercial. What? Let me ask you this. I, Let me ask you this. But I'm not saying, and I'm not saying that the movie is going to be bad because of this. Because uh-huh. I love Wreck-It Ralph is one of my favorite movies. Okay. So I still have hope. Right. I'm just saying it's not a great trailer. Did the trailer, is the trailer going to keep you from going? No. Then it did its job. I was going to go see it irregardless. It did it. Hey, Not it did its job. Not because of this trailer, but because of the first movie and how much I love it. It did its job. There are so many, and you guys know, there are so many, because we do trailer roundups all the time. There are so many trailers out there that they are just so terrible that you, we, all of us are like, we're not going to go see it. Think about Solo. The first Solo trailer, we had no intention of seeing that movie at all. At all. Because the trailer was just so bad. It wasn't fun. And I feel like this was fun. It got a couple, it got laughs in there. It's like, and then, you know what, and the plot, you know what, they're probably not talking about the plot. The plot's probably going to be the same thing. It's literally going to be the same exact plot from the first one. And that's okay. That's all right. No, that's not okay if the plot's the same. It, we don't need any more. I'm not, ex- well, I'm not expecting do. Incredibles 2 out if of this plot. If I want to see the same plot, then I'll go watch the first movie. No. Yes. No. See yes. The, see this movie. Have some fun. Get some new laughs. Make some new How references. How many movies do you complain about that be like, oh, it's the same old thing over and over again? I Why do, is- but that's for uh, that's for other types of movies. This type of movie, eh, I'm fine. I'm cool. I'm happy. I'm zen with this trailer. <laughs> yeah, right. Steven, you've been awfully quiet over there. What 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 do you feel? Um, so I'm going to counter Lindley here. Um, I think that it's not revealing too much about the plot. I think it is going to save its best moments for the actual movie. Because if you look back at the advertising for all of the Disney movies in recent years, they have all kind of followed the same pattern where they just tell you only a little bit. Like, look at the advertising for Frozen, for example. There was no indication you were about to watch a movie. If you watch those trailers, that you were watching a remake of the um, the Ice Queen. Um, it was it. It all looked like the Adventures of Olaf and Sven. Um, like seriously, that's why I was when my wife was like, "Oh, we got to go see this movie." I was like, "Oh, this movie looks so dumb," and it's because there was no indication of the movie that was actually contained within. Now. I think the possibilities of going onto the internet write themselves personally. Mm. So I don't think, you know, the creative minds at Disney are going to have any problem creating a really good plot. At worst, it'll be a rehash of Digimon the movie where a computer virus takes over the internet and somehow launches nuclear weapons at the world, which sounds pretty awesome if you ask me. But I don't think they'll go that dark in a Wreck-It Ralph movie. Who knows? Maybe they will. I was about to say, they got pretty dark in the first one. They did. Yeah. So, you know what? <laughs> Win-win. Also, I love the Disney princesses scene. 
And what I really loved, mm. especially about that, is that they got all of the uh, original voice actors who are still alive who voiced them to reprise their roles. And that yeah. alone makes me so happy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even Pocahontas, who <laughs> everyone has tried Did to Did you forget. guys notice... Did you guys notice that her hair, there's always like a wind blowing yes. through her hair? Yes. <laughs> it was amazing. Yes. It, I loved this trailer. It, it was so good. Indeed. Indeed. So two two out of three Prattlers liked it. That's fine. And that's and you know what, Only That's okay. Because you know what we all agree on? Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse was amazing. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it wasn't. This was this was a a damn good trailer and in a perfect way to introduce a mainstream audience to who Miles Morales is, um, especially since we know that he's yeah, in the MCU. Nice. Um, we know he exists. One day he is going to get his own movie franchise, um, and I feel like this this movie especially can start to introduce concepts such as um, a multiverse within the MCU. You know, this is this could be an important movie for them um when it comes to uh the longevity of the MCU. Cuz they're not going to stop anytime mm-hmm. soon and we've talked about that before. Uh but the question is what what seeds do you plant now that you can harvest later on down the road? And with Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse I mean just the fact that just the fact that you're getting uh, Miles Morales there is cool. But then you, you close up your trailer with freaking Spider-Gwen. That's awesome. That's, that's, I'm so excited that's about two Spider-Gwen. different spider so people excited. that you are introducing. And, and that's not, that's not even to say, I think, uh, I think Ben Riley is in this, uh, is in the trailer as well. So that's, that's what? One, two, three. Three, four. That's four Spider-Men right there, um, or Spider-People right there that eventually can be introduced within the Spider-Verse, especially if you go the route of um, having a Sinister Six uh, introduced into the MCU. Spider-Man's going to need help, and it would be very cool in the MCU to see, you know, Spider-Gwen show up, Ben Riley show up, and Spider-Man and Miles Morales show up. Um, it could be very fun. So I'm I'm excited for this trailer. I was excited for this trailer. I loved it, but I'm more excited about the possibilities of what could come down the line as far as the big big movies. Um, what did you guys think? I I really loved it. I love seeing something with such a unique mm. art style, and it still looks like a good story. It's not like any other superhero movie we've gotten so far. And Spider Gwen. I'm so excited. But I swear, if at the end of the movie, if Spider-Ham doesn't make a cameo, I'm going to be real upset. I mean, I feel like I feel like Spider-Ham will just because of because this, this feels like and you, you mentioned the art style earlier. I really love the fact that there's several moments that feel like it's straight out of a comic book. You know, where they make these comic book tropes that show up on the screen i think that's going to be a really really cool thing to mm-hmm. see and really separate it from you know like the dc uh cartoon movies that are so good um that 
kind of trounce um, Marvel every step of the way. And I feel like this movie especially could do could do a good job. Plus, to have Spider-Ham in it, I mean, I think that plays into the, a lot of the comedic bits that we've been seeing, which would be awesome. Because mm-hmm. it looks, I mean, it looks absolutely hilarious. Um, or it could be absolutely hilarious while also having a lot of heart. Uh, Steven, what do you think? Um, I have to quote Deadpool on this one. Uh, McAvoy or Stewart? These alternate timelines are confusing. <laughs> um, I agree. I like this the art style. Um, I think it looks interesting. I just can't help but feel like if I was a twelve year old or a thirteen year old, fourteen, whenever uh, the original Sam Raimi Spider Mans are coming out. I just feel like I would have been more excited had this come out then. Um, because now I just mm. feel like there's so much uh, Spider-Man stuff going on. You know, you've got Marvel's Spider-Man. Uh, you've got this Venom movie coming out, which no word on where exactly that fits in. And now you have this one. And I just feel like it's just starting to get, you know, too much Spider-Man. I like that it's introducing Miles Morales. Um, Personally, I would have liked him probably in Spider-Man Homecoming. But, I don't know. I just just feel like it's not really something I can get into. Because it really reminds me of this old... Uh, Spite Ultimate Spider-Man. I don't know if you remember that, mm. but it was a show that came on. I think it was like MTV or something. It kind of reminds me of that a little bit. Oh my gosh, I mm. know what you're mm. talking about. Right? Yes, and you know that's and that's fine. I, I think you know it is good to explore Spider-Man in other kinds of medium. Um, I don't know. It just kind of feels a bit much for me to get excited about. And I was really kind of distracted by. Uh, Nick from New Girl. Um, every time I heard his voice, I just kept waiting to hear him yeah, go, his voice yeah. is very distinct. yes, and complain. I, I just, I can't stand his voice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, I mean, overall, I mean, it wasn't a bad trailer. I just, I'm having a hard time getting excited, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I, th- I think that, well, I agree. I think that the fact that this is a movie that is focusing uh, primarily on the Miles Morales character, who is he's very different from Peter Parker. Um, yeah. I think that that is a great opportunity to tell a different Spider-Man story. Because even in Homecoming, I love the fact that they don't make, like, there's like a brief scene where Ned is asking Peter, like, all these questions. And he's like, you know, like, how'd you get your powers? Got bit by a spider. Oh, if I get bit by the spider, can I? No, it's dead. It's gone. Like we don't like they don't spend a lot of time talking about his origins because we've already seen it. We already everybody is very familiar with Peter Parker's origins, um, which is why I'm excited to see like, okay, like, let's introduce there's so many spider people. Let's introduce them and their unique backstories and like how they got to Mm -hmm. this point. Um and so that's that's what that's what I think will make it successful is the fact that we're talking about different spider people and not just Peter Parker. Um 
and and I and I think that that's where a lot of the the fatigue comes from is that we're just telling Peter Parker's story. Like, how many times can you tell? It's like with Batman. How many times can you go to Crime Alley and see the Waynes get shot before you're like, yeah, okay, we get it. You're a damaged kid. <laughs> you know, like how many times do we have to see Uncle Ben die? Apparently, only twice. <laughs> only twice. <laughs> I'm glad the MCU got that. They'll be like, mm-hmm, we don't need mm-hmm. anymore. Well, the MCU is bay. But let's let's <laughs> let's flip the script a little bit. Because uh even though even though uh my man's uh both Phil Lord and Chris Miller got taken off the solo project, I am so excited. I'm so excited that they are involved with the Lego movie two, the second part. Um, again, this is another movie that I just did not really care about when it came out. I was like, this is going to be dumb. I have no interest in watching this. And then when I finally saw it, it was actually pretty good. It's more than pretty good. Let's pump the brakes. It's pretty good. Like I, I will sit down. I will watch if it's on, if it's on TV, I'll turn on the background. And that's saying, and that's saying a lot. That's saying a lot. There's some movies I won't even pay attention to. I got a movie going on right now, and I'm not even paying attention to it, just so I got something on the TV screen to keep it warm. Well, now we know how important we are. Wait, I said I'm not. I said I'm not watching it. It's behind me. I just want something on the TV to keep it warm. All right, I'm curious. What movie is it? I don't know. Oh, it's like Bar Rescue. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even a movie. It's, it's just Bar Rescue. Anyways, 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 oh off topic. Um, but the Lego Movie too, the second part. Uh, again, this just looks like a fun movie. This is now. See, this is once again kind of like with Wreck It Ralph too. I'm not expecting too much from it. I'm more excited at the fact that Phil Lord and Chris Miller were involved in writing the screenplay and the the comedy that they're going to create from it. Um, but as far as like, am I am I going to go to theaters to watch the Lego Movie 2, the second part? Probably not. I'm probably just going to wait until I can red box it, to be quite honest. Um, but I know it's going to it's going to be great. It's going to be it's going to be a good movie. I also haven't seen the Lego Batman movie or Lego Ninjago movie. Again, I have no interest in watching these Batman. movies. No, Lego Batman movie is really good, actually. It's not as good as the Lego movie, but I actually, I really like it. I mean, that's what I, that's what I hear, that's what I keep hearing, but at the same time, I'm just like, eh, it's Lego. I'm, I'm good. What'd you guys think about the Lego movie, too, trailer? I didn't really care for it. Hmm. I look kind of generic, actually. Um... Hmm. So, full disclosure, when I was a little kid um, at my babysitter's house, mm-hmm. I wanted to make movies. I was, like, eight years old. And we had, like, this giant table inlaid with, like, millions of Legos. And so we would build up, like, whole Lego cities and stuff. And we got to playing them so much that we actually made stories out of them. And I decided, I want to make a Lego movie. So I had a really great idea for a Lego movie about all these... Uh, uh, Lego people just living out their lives and trying to um, fend off aliens. And it was going to be so much fun. And for obvious reasons, I never got to make it. So, yeah. When I eventually did see the Lego movie, 
I was very hurt because I was like, that should have been my movie. I came up with a better idea. Mm. Mm-hmm. But I will say the Lego movie was a very good one mm. in the end. Um, but I'm looking at this trailer for the second one now, and I'm just kind of thinking, eh. Yeah. Like, eh. There, it just, I don't know what it is. It just didn't look that interesting. Maybe it's the lack of colors. It looks, like, I get what they're going for. They're going for sort of a Mad Max parody, but I just, I don't like it. I like more color, and especially in something called Lego, <laughs> which, you know, one of its selling points yeah. was the fact that it was a building block that used more colors. Mm-hmm. You can find out all the- about this by watching the documentary, The Toys That Made Us, on Netflix. It's a good series. You should watch it. I'll be sure not to watch it. Continue. The Mad Max... (laughs) The Mad Max aspect is... It's strange. Right? It it just makes you think, like, why did they choose this aesthetic? It's like, of all the things you could have parodied, you went with Mad Max. Um, Which is an odd choice. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm not saying you can't parody it. I just think if that's going to be the dominant parody... That's just a weird choice. I don't know why. Yeah. I just, I don't know. But then again, maybe that's part of the brilliance is that it's not something you would think of. So I don't know. I just, this trailer just doesn't grab me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, uh, I, like I said, I've, I've got to, I've got to agree with you, Stephen, about this trailer. It just, um, I, I don't know. There's just something weird about it. It's like Wreck-It Ralph 2 probably going to see it in theaters this one probably not like it it just it's not it's not doing it for me lindley what about you like i said the mad max aesthetic is throwing Mm -hmm. me Mm -hmm. off a bit i didn't mind it i'm just i'm just happy we're getting Mm. another one yeah yeah i mean i was when i finally saw the lego movie i was very excited to when i heard that they were going to make a second one um, but I am just, again, I'm just a little, I don't know, I guess disappointed. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I'm not, you know what I'm not disappointed about? And audience, full disclosure, uh, we actually took a break because we were, all of us were very tired when we first started this recording. So we're actually recording this <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> later. Um, and in between us, uh, from that first recording session and this recording session, more trailers actually dropped. So you're getting a bonus uh, from us today. <laughs> and I am so excited for this Halloween trailer, um, or for Halloween to come out. I, uh, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of the Halloween franchise. Um, I've, I've kind of like watched the movies like on and off over the years. And then, uh, I think I've finally watched the full, like a full Halloween movie with, uh, H2O Halloween 20 years later. Um, which I, the one with Buster Rhymes? Is that the one with Buster No, no, no. That was Halloween Resurrection. This was the one with, uh, um, Guy Licks His Lips, LL Cool J. Jimmy. Yeah. Yeah. This was the one with LL Cool J. And I, I remember thinking to myself, I was like, and I found out later that not a lot of people like H2O. I actually liked H2O. Um, and 
I and so like that's when that's what got me into the franchise and was like, okay, I want to I want to know more about like the story behind this and and to really get mm-hmm. into it. Um, I did not watch the Rob Zombie Halloweens just because I I was like, you know what, this feels like Don't. I'm going to be disappointed Don't. by it. And apparently, according to a lot of my friends, um, I would have been because they were horrible. But this new this new series where it's um, I'm trying to look it up to make sure I get this right. It's it's a continuation of the original franchise, so it's not necessarily a reboot per se. I think it's like after the second one, that's where this takes place. Hmm. Mm-hmm. That's weird. Which is interesting that they don't want to. Which I mean, well, I guess it makes sense because, like I said, H two O wasn't well received. Um, but for you to go from one, two, and now to this Halloween, I like the, I like that there are some elements from H2O that are staying. So like Jamie Lee Curtis in H2O, she plays a, uh, she plays a professor who is constantly, constantly dealing with the fact that, you know, her brother could come back at any moment and kill her. And she's worried about her, she's worried about her son, and, you know, she's constantly checking over her shoulder, and she, like, she has, like, bolts on, like, every door around her house, and she has, like, super security, like, whatever, it's like the purge, but good, and I, I, as I was watching the trailer, I like that it's a very, I like that she's older, I like that she is, people still kind of see her as this crazy woman. And it puts me in mind of Alien with Ripley's character. Mm. And I and I think that that in a in a horror movie, that's a perfect uh, position to put your main character where the main character knows what's up. They are and they are ready to go. They are ready to fight. But everybody around them is now a potential enemy because they don't believe you because they think you're crazy. At any point in time, they could be like, you know, we're just going to lock you up. And then when you're locked up, you're an easy target. So yeah, the fact, bit. so I, I love, so I love that that's the route they're going. I thought that it was a very, I thought it was a very strong um, tone to the trailer. Like, I mean, obviously they they gave you like the first 20, 30 minutes of the movie. Um, but at the same time, I... I'm I'm feeling this I'm feeling this movie. I I think that I might, you know, on Halloween, I might go out and see Halloween uh to get a little spooked for the Halloween season. How many times can I say Halloween? Halloween. I think once, yeah, <laughs> once more with feeling. The rule of threes. What'd you guys think? <laughs> mm-hmm. To be honest, I watched the trailer and while I'm glad to have Jamie Lee Curtis back, it really wasn't anything new or exciting. It just looks like another horror movie that has Michael Myers in it. Uh, he apparently is into dentistry now with the whole teeth thing. That was creepy. <laughs> that was so but, creepy. But here's the thing. I was a little excited once I heard Jamie Lee Curtis mm-hmm. was coming back. But... In the first, like, five seconds of the trailer, I immediately lost my interest. Why is Do you that? know why? It's being produced by Blumhouse, my favorite company. 
is Blumhouse really that bad, Lindley? I... There are good things about mm-hmm. Blumhouse. Because what they do is that they find... They'll start off with a really good concept. Like the first Paranormal Activity or the first Insidious. But once they know they can market the heck out of that mm-hmm. one franchise, mm-hmm. they'll keep making them with the same name. They'll keep making them cheap. Not caring really about the story. I just... Ugh, I don't want that to happen to Halloween. It's already happened enough. We don't need any more. I I will I will definitely I will definitely give you that. But those but those first movies and yeah, a second Halloween will probably be horrible. But I'm looking at I'm looking at Blumhouse's uh, list of movies that they've produced, and there are some really good ones here. There are some really, really good ones. They did Get Out. They did Whiplash. Um, Like you said, Paranormal Activity. There are some really, really good ones. There are also some really, really crappy ones. And unfortunately, their crappy ones definitely outweigh their good ones. But for their first ones, but for their first movies, they usually do pretty well. And, oh, sorry, uh... At at some point, guys, we have got to talk about this movie, a uh, new movie by Spike Lee. Black uh, Klansman is being produced by Blumhouse. And I don't know if you've seen the trailer for that, but it looks amazing. We're not talking about it tonight because we got too many trailers. But still, we'll talk about it later. But yeah, but Blumhouse does, I mean, they do good work in the first one. <laughs> in the yeah, first, in the first one. one. Not necessarily the subsequent sequels. Uh, <laughs> Stephen, what about you? So, I love the original Halloween movie. I don't say that often about horror movies, but I love Halloween. Like, the first one is the suspense, the atmosphere, the characters. It's all really good. Mm -hmm. And it all goes downhill with Halloween, too. It's like everything that was subtle and good about it. It's like, like it has, for me, Halloween 1 has the perfect ending. Where they look down and they don't... Spoiler alert, if you haven't seen the movie, you should definitely go see it. Especially on Halloween, at night, with the lights off. Um, But the ending to Halloween 1, they look down, they don't see Michael Myers' uh, body in the grass anymore. Implying that he's still out there. Mm -hmm. And that's a great ending. But they ruin it with the second one by kind of giving you the full closure of where he goes and what happens. And everything that was subtle and great and atmospheric about the first one is gone. The second one's bad. So they had a shot at redemption with the third one where they were going to branch out um, and uh, they were going to make it more of an anthology horror series. Right. Problem was... That's what Halloween was supposed to be originally. But But then Michael Myers got so popular. Nobody liked Season of the Witch. They were like, we want more Michael Myers. And so every single Halloween sequel has been about Michael Myers. Mm -hmm. And it's so dumb and tired. And when I was watching this trailer, I for a second I got excited about seeing Jamie Lee Curtis back in her role um, as Lori. But the more the trailer went on, the more I was like, "Wait a minute, this looks ex- almost this looks almost exactly like Halloween H two O." Now I'll be honest, I have not actually seen H two O, but I do want to. I know what happens in it. Um, because I feel like that sounds like a reasonable conclusion. It was. Um, 
and this just really kind of feels like a rehash of that. Mm-hmm. And I just, I, I, I just, I don't know. I feel like they really should just have left it at one and did something new. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. And I mean, that's not necessarily just the fault of this film. That's the fault of all those sequels. Um, they should have just jumped straight in. And I really wish they would go back to their original plan of doing an anthology series. Because that, I think, would have been way more interesting mm-hmm. um, than just rehashing Michael Myers comes with his knife and he's going to kill people. It's like, okay, how many times can we see that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we just keep seeing it. And so I I was not really sold by this trailer. You know you know what, Stephen? As much as we joke about these different production companies making wanting to make cinematic universes, an anthology series would be a great way to make a universe where they don't necessarily have to ever cross over. But the fact that you're setting it in this in this world and you're saying like you know on Halloween something bad is going to happen. Happy happy Halloween. You know that's that's scary. Yes, and that's really cool to see. Oh yeah. You know, <laughs> but let's talk about something a little happier. Um, this is the one, two, three, four. This is actually the fourth kind of cartoon or like made for children um, type of film that we're talking about here today. Um, and that's How to Train Your Dragon 3. And again, and it's, and it's just because I'm older, so I don't really have like the want to go to see like these these movies marketed towards kids i'm like i'll watch them later uh, so i watched how to train your dragon on netflix because i kept hearing about it finally got a chance to watch it loved it was surprised at how dark it was um and how mature they were handling a lot of the topics in it and then watched uh how to train your dragon 2 and i cried a couple of times because I was like, I was like, wow, you have, you have, you know, tapped into, to this deep, deep emotion when it comes to this, uh, this film franchise where you have a, you have a kid, he doesn't know exactly his place in the world and he's kind of forced to figure it out very quickly. Otherwise everybody around him is going to be either enslaved or killed. Um, so when How to Train Your Dragon 2 ended, and it was very clear that they were going to you know, finish it up with a third movie, I am all for it. I knew that I was going to love you know, How to Train Your Dragon 3, but then the trailer came out. And it is the cutest thing I have ever seen in my life. It is so cute. I really, I really, I just want, just the whole movie, I just want it to be about... Hiccup trying to get Toothless a girlfriend. That's all. <laughs> like, and even, like, when he was, like, you know, when he's, like, like, hey, why don't you do this? And he's, like, got the wings up. I'm sitting there, like, God, this is great. I love this. I'm, like, I don't even need to see, like, yeah, I know there's, like, action and stuff. But I, I feel like the one thing that How to Train Your Dragon does really well, they don't have a lot of action. They don't feel the need to have there be a fight every five seconds. Um... You can build up to it, and it's fine. People will still watch it. People will still be engaged. And when you take, when you actually take the time 
to make me care about these characters well then you get the payoff when the battle happens and i'm so fearful that toothless is going to die facing off between with uh with a much larger dragon so i love it it's gonna be great I'm probably going to be like the one I'm like one ticket one one adult ticket for how to train your dragon the hidden world please because it's just me <laughs> yeah. no I'm with you there I think oh. it looks really good what do you think Lily I'm excited tell me all your thoughts uh, all the all thoughts all my thoughts I don't have many thoughts just I, I trust mm. this franchise and I trust the series to deliver not only beautiful visuals, but also a beautiful mm-hmm. story. So knowing that they're marketing this as the conclusion of this trilogy, I'm I'm gonna be yeah. I'm very excited. It's nice when they out openly admit they're like, This is the last movie we're gonna do. You know, that they're not gonna try to milk it for all it's worth. It's just like we're gonna finish the story and then be done. And reboot it in five years. <laughs> with a with a prequel. Story. With a prequel, yes, we have to get a prequel. <laughs> we have to know how how uh, Toothless ended up on that island. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen, what about you? So i I have actually never seen any of the How I How to Train Your Dragon movies. You're about to say the How I Met Your Mother movies. I was about to say that. Yeah. <laughs> Which is also that would be a great film. That would be a great film. Would. Yep. All about uh spoiler alert, it's it's Statue of Limitations is gone. Uh all about Ted wooing Robin <laughs> after the after the mother is dead. I would love that. That would be great. Mm-hmm. Make that happen. Um or um Oh goodness! I what little I have seen of How to Train Your Dragon stuff. Um, I do know that the uh, the director said that they kind of modeled the second one after Empire Strikes Back, mm-hmm. not the movie, but like story structure wise, mm-hmm. they kind of took some cues from that. And so that is nice to know that it's not just you know another Shrek mm. trilogy. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm sure it'll be fine. I will say, I don't like it when a movie trilogy has, you know, the first one, then they call the second one part two, and then the third one, they drop the number and give it a subtitle. Mm. I'm not a fan of that. It's it's like It's like they're almost ashamed to admit that they're on part three for some reason, and it's like, no, you should be, you should embrace that. That's awesome. Three is epic. But, I mean, I don't know. That's just a minor nitpick. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't really have anything to say about this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, that's, I mean, that's a good point. I mean, I feel like that's, um, it's a nice feather in your cap to say, like, you got to three. People, people enjoy your franchise enough that you felt like you could get a third movie out of it. Yeah. And whereas some movies probably shouldn't put three because they're bad movies. Um but this is How to Train Your Dragon. That's that's definitely a franchise that has earned the right to have a complete trilogy, um, and people people like it. So why not? Uh, switching gears a little bit. Now we're going back into the the realm of realism. Bad times at the El Royale. 
that trailer came out. I'm excited about yeah. this trailer. Yeah, this was it this, looks so good. this was a good this was a pretty good trailer. I was thrown off. I thought it was a comedy. And my suggestion. And then I watched the trailer because Lindley was like, "We got to talk about bad times at the El Royale," and I was like, "Oh, okay. Like it's probably just gonna be a dumb comedy." And I was surprised that this is gonna probably be like a grindhouse film. And that mm-hmm. gets me so excited because uh, I I I went on opening night for the grindhouse movies by Quentin Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez. I love both of them. I love Planet Terror. I love Death Proof. Um, say what you will about Death Proof, but they're both really good. And so to watch the trailer for Bad Times at the El Royale, to see that same feel, that same vibe where, you know, there's like killers everywhere and there's this mystery that's going on. It looks like it's going to be really, it's going to be really gory and creepy. Oh, I dig it. I really, I really do. And um, I mean, I think this is going to be a great, great movie. Lindley, what, what did you, what were your thoughts when you first saw it? My thoughts is that, yay, we're getting a trailer for something that's not a remake or Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. a sequel or, like, something that's already involved Mm -hmm. with IP. And I don't know if this is based off anything, but it just, it looks very unique. It looks very visually pleasing. It looks like it's going to be, it looks like it's going to be off the walls in the best Mm -hmm. way possible. I love the cast, even including Dakota Johnson. <laughs> yeah. I because, because what I have learned is that, yeah, you can have a bad franchise, but an actor can move past mm. that. Like, thinking about people like, I don't know, people from Twilight, they, they can actually be fine actors and give you know great what, material. You know what, Lily? You're right. But Dakota Johnson couldn't even read the teleprompter for the Oscars. I I distinctly remember that because I was like, "Dear God, are you the worst act? How do two people, how do two people, two wonderful actors, have a child who can't act?" <laughs> but any, but it does have John Hamm. It has Jeff Bridges. It has Cynthia mm-hmm. Erivo from The Color Purple. It looks so nice. It. What it kind of reminds me of is a movie that just came out this week was, is Hotel Oh, Anime. yeah. Yeah, I got those vibes, too. So, I, 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 I'm I'm a fan of that kind of, that kind of feel, that kind of movie. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm on board. And Chris Hemsworth. Chris Hemsworth, like, like looks like he's going to mm-hmm. be a lunatic in this. And I am, I, I don't have He's a apparently a charismatic cult leader, is what the description says. Yeah. Yes. That's awesome. <laughs> that sounds amazing. It, you know what? You're an old man and a fool. You know what I you know what I love especially? I love that these you know, you were talking about Hotel Artemis and, and with bad times at the El Royale. It's almost like these are you know, almost homages to Quentin Tarantino too. I mean I know Quentin Tarantino in in and of himself is an homage to old movie, old grindhouse movies, but to see like other directors feeling like you know what that actually can work like let's let's make a movie like that um it just proves once again that Quentin Tarantino is a wonderful director just in my in my in my mind's eye Stephen what about you what did you think about this trailer 
in my mind's eye or whatever. I haven't seen this trailer. I have never heard of this trailer until just now. So I guess I'll have to watch it at some point. It does. It does. It does look good. It looks very good. Um, hold on one second. No, pause. don't pause. It was one fifteen. Okay. What's going on? Hmm? What's going on? Nothing. Just have to edit something. Don't forget to edit this. No, part. no, no, because it's around the same part. <laughs> All right. Okay. All right. I'm gonna clap and then come back. Okay. Hmm. Clap back. <laughs> but then we also follow up with this next trailer that we're gonna talk about, uh, Widow. Or oh, sorry, Widows. Um, yeah, there's more than one Widow. Uh, right. Yeah, I know there's more than one Widow because. <laughs> These, you literally have the powerhouses, powerhouse women of Hollywood in this movie, okay? You've got Viola Davis, you've got Michelle Rodriguez, you've got Elizabeth Debicki, you've got Cynthia Revo again. <laughs> she's killing it. She, she's, she's riding that train from Color Purple all the way to the bank. Uh, and then you follow it up, you've got uh, Colin Farrell, you've got... Brian Tyree Henry, you've got Daniel Kaluuya in it, you've got Robert Duvall in this, you've got Liam Neeson, you've got John Bernthal. There are so many big names in here, and, and, you not only that, but you have this movie, it is written, the screenplay is written by Gillian Flynn, who wrote Gone Girl, and I, I'm, I'm just taken aback. I, I watched this trailer not thinking it was going to be much of anything. And the whole time, I'm like, you know what? I don't care what this what the plot of this movie is. I just know it is going to be well acted. <laughs> I don't care. Because I just... I mean, that's what, that's what you want from a movie. You just... Especially nowadays. You just want a movie that's well acted. And I, and I, was, and I was very excited. As much as, a, you know superhero movie fan as I am I was very excited to see that this wasn't a superhero franchise that this was going to be a one-off movie Mm -hmm. that was just going to be well acted it's probably going to make me cry probably going to make me angry probably going to make me cringe in my seat and I'm going to absolutely love it love it love it love it um what'd you guys think I haven't seen this trailer either so I guess it's on my bucket list. I saw bits and pieces, and I kind of like it. Honestly, it felt a little bit of a taken sequel route as far as the plot and the cinematography and everything. Has nothing to do that Liam Neeson's Mm. in it. But what I did appreciate is that this whole, like, oh, my spouse died. Now I'm out for revenge. Is a very trope, mostly reserved for men. Mm. So I like that it's being flipped on its head, and now it's the women seeking vengeance. Well, you, did you know I that like this that. was? Um, it was actually uh, a crime drama. It was a TV show. 
Oh, I didn't. Yeah, know back that. in the eighties, it was a it was a British TV show. Ooh, did mm-hmm. not know that. That's yeah, exciting. yeah, uh, and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I believe it was also was it based off of no, no. I thought it was going to be based off of a book, but it's not based <laughs> off of a book. Um, but yeah, like I like I said, I just I just really dig this this movie, and I feel like it's going to be great. And I like the cast too. It's Viola Davis. Mm-hmm. It's Viola Davis, right? It's Viola Davis. The oh, the blonde Elizabeth chick. Elizabeth She's from. She's from. She's the um, villain in Man from Uncle. Elizabeth Debicki. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I love yeah. her. Well, she's also in Gardens of the Galaxy Two and Great Gatsby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's she's one of those people. But I like her best in Man of Uncle. She's, so she's one of those people that, uh, again, she's kind of like uh, Sally Hawkins, who I feel like she's she just needs that one big role, and people are going to always remember her name. Mm-hmm. So she needs to play the Flying Nun? <laughs> you will remember her name. Oh, not Sally Hawkins, Sally Fields. I was thinking about <laughs> Sally Fields. <laughs> it wouldn't be opposed to either of those women playing mm. the Flying Nun, though. Yeah, this is... They, I mean, they, they're breaking the bank with some of these people. They, just, a, just the fact that all, it's kind of like the bad times at the El Royale. You know, it's, you get excited just, just from, like, who's in it. And that, that to me, says a lot about your, um, about, about your movie. If so many great actors are in it, there's a high chance that it's going to be good. Very seldom do you get a movie with a whole bunch of high profile actors that's bad. I think the I think the more like if they're A list, chances are it might not be a good movie. That's what I always think. It has potential to flop. And I'm thinking about like Valentine's Day or like New Year's Eve or one of those other like uh uh Movies okay. that revolve around holidays that involve love. <laughs> oh, R.E.P. <you> Ken Marshall. <laughs> oh man, but yeah, yeah, this is gonna be this is gonna be good. The last film we have to talk about, we finally made it. We finally made it to our the end of our <laughs> trailer roundup. There's so, so many, many trailers. trailers. I don't know what they were thinking this week. Um, or what we were thinking about wanting to talk about every single trailer. Uh, a star is born, and her name is Lady Gaga, a.k.a. one of the loves of my life. I have yeah, so many so loves many. of my life. But Lady Gaga is... I Okay, so I watched I watched this trailer. I didn't... Again, I did not think it was going to be... Um, much of anything. I was like, okay, well, this will be, this will be cute. Um, then I saw my man Bradley Cooper is directing it. This is de- directorial debut, and I was, and I was interested. And then I realized halfway through, I was like, oh right, this is the Lady Gaga movie that um, that I heard about a while back. And her voice, I, w- I want to see it 
just so that I can listen to her sing. Matter of fact, I probably won't even watch it. I'll probably just get the soundtrack. Because her her voice, her <laughs> voice is so, it's just so good and so strong. And the fact that she can just do any genre um, is incredible to me as far as her singing goes. Acting-wise, she she actually can act. She's she's not bad. Um, I think it depends on the role. But this this definitely seems like a, a movie that um, that's for her. This this is a movie that she's going to do well with because I feel like she can relate to the story and just kind of her the rise to to where she is today. What say you guys? I'll probably red box it. Yeah. 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 I kind of agree. Like it. It, it looks very mm-hmm. cliched. I like the the style mm-hmm. of it. I like the cinematography of it. Didn't know Bradley Cooper could sing, so that's pleasing. But it's one that I may. I, I don't think I'm going to be rushing mm-hmm. to see mm-hmm. this one. I I agree. I mean. I, Lindley, actually, I figured that you would probably want to go see it. After, I mean, since it's it's based off of a musical, um, well, it's like prior films. Yeah, by Barbara Streisand. I've never been that big about Barbara. Well, Streisand. not just that one. There's the there's the Judy Garland one. How many times is this? Uh, story it's the been third done? remake. There was one Dear in Lord. 1937, one in 1954, and then one in 1976, which is the Barbara Streisand one that you're thinking of. So this is the this fourth is the, one? This is the... Yes. Yes. This is well, the technically, one. this is the third remake. Third remake. But this is the fourth time that they've done A Star is Born. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. It seems like when music changes, when they want to go back to grassroots music, they want to break out A Star is Born. If you didn't hear that audience, that was me facepalming. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Also, I want to see Dave Chappelle in this. Yeah, I'm glad Dave Chappelle is like mm-hmm. playing a serious role. Dave like Dave Chappelle, he's he's been on he's been on a roll uh since he got off his hiatus. Um he did not go crazy, audience. Um don't argue with me. He did not go crazy. Uh but he has there's like a there's a different tone to him now. Like if I don't know if you guys have been watching his stand up on Netflix, but he is um there's a maturity. There's a nice maturity about him that I feel is kind of like his the evolution of Dave Chappelle. But Okay. All right. Audience. To give you a little bit of a break and gives us a little break and we can drink some water, uh we are going to <laughs> Let you guys listen to a new promo from uh, one of our friends, one of our podcasting friends. Because if you enjoy Popcorn Prattle, of course you're going to love our friends. So we're going to let you listen to them, let them talk to you guys a little bit where you can hear them. And then when we come back, we will give you a review of Solo. As well as our thoughts on the Star Wars fan base. Stay tuned. Welcome to Film Roast. Hey everyone, Hannah here, the co-host of Film Roast, where two over-caffeinated and underqualified friends talk about all things movies. If you like film factoids, lots of sarcasm, and bad impressions, check us out on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. 
You can also follow us on Twitter at FilmRoastShow and like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash FilmRoast. Happy roasting! Audience, in the words of the great Jeff Goldblum, it's main event time! It's main event time! So, I I have a problem, guys. Oh? Can I tell you my problem? What What is this problem, Marcus? My problem Ooh. is with people not going to see Solo. Yeah! Because... Solo, and and I'll be the first one to say I was not interested in seeing this movie at all. You guys know this. You guys know this. Mm-hmm. But man, that was a fun movie. It's just it's just a fun movie. Like I I at I watched it. I was invested in the in the characters. I definitely got like a because what i think they what they said they were going for was like a treasure island type vibe i definitely got that um it was cool to watch you know han's beginnings like how he met chewy how he met lando donald glover is amazing in it admittedly there's not enough of him in it but everybody in that movie is strong including including the kid playing han solo and everybody said, like, oh, he's horrible. Like, no one, no one's going to like him. we got to give him acting lessons. I believed it. I, I believed that he was Han Solo. A, a young Han Solo? Oh, yeah, most definitely. I could definitely see him becoming uh, Harrison Ford later on. I, I believe that. Um, Do you think it was all a psychological thing where... They put out all this bad press, so our expectations were real low. I, I don't think so. I really don't think so because I feel like that's what's causing people not to go see it. Mm. I mean, there, I feel like there's other things that we're going to talk about, but I feel like that. Um, I, I feel like they wouldn't do that to their own franchise. Especially when you look at the other things that they own that they hype up to hell. Um, yeah. What did you guys think? Especially, especially you, Lynn, because you, you actually got to see it first. Yeah, I did. I, <laughs> <laughs> I was surprised how much I liked it. It's not an important movie. No. In any way, shape, or form. But I had so much fun watching it. Like, I was actually invested in it. Mm-hmm. It, it surprised me. The castle run was not what I thought it was going to be. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, it gave me characters that I cared about, new characters, um, like L three. L three. L three is now in the running for my favorite droid. It may be behind. Um, oh my gosh! What, I think what's, that what's I think L three took two so. No, was K two so. Thank you. Oh, okay. I was but about to say, I think of, I think she took the number one spot then. <laughs> no, I still like K2SO better. I just had a brain cramp. Mm. Speaking of K2SO, I had more fun watching this than I did Rogue One. Mm. Same. Um, That's true. Again, I love Dra- uh, Paul Bettany's character, Drayden. Mm. I love Kira. I want more Kira. So yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. A lot more than I thought I was going to. Pleasantly surprised. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What about you, Stephen? 
I feel the same. I feel like um, I said from the beginning that I thought it was great that Ron Howard was going to be directing it um, when they replaced him. Uh, because I just feel like, you know, when you look at Han Solo, you got to look at the genre and the time period that George Lucas was in, um, that inspired the character. And I feel like that's something that a lot of people tend to forget that sort of hot rod rebellious attitude, but more rebel without a cause kind of thing. Um, and I feel like the film captured that really well. It was a very fun movie. Um, and you know, I think part of the reason it's not doing so well is because I think Disney had a very terrible ad campaign for this movie. I mean, we didn't even get really get a trailer until like a month before the movie was released. It was like, what kind of marketing was that? But, um, I think that's symptomatic of a bigger thing with the film and that it's supposed to be a smaller film. It doesn't have to, you know, connect to the bigger Skywalker picture. Uh, and that's what I really liked is that it didn't really try. Uh, to do that. Um, I do agree that I think uh, Kira's character, um, they very clearly were setting her up more for sequels, I think, mm -hmm. because they don't really go into her too much. Like, she keeps saying she did something horrible, but we never really find out what that is. Um, not really. Um, so it's kind of, you know, I liked her character. I just, yeah, I wanted to see a little bit more, too with her but overall it was very fun mm -hmm. um i thought the guy i forget his name was it alden yeah uh Einrich? i thought he was great as han solo mm -hmm. um i think um i think it got like misreported or something in early on where uh when they said um they got he needed acting lessons i don't think that's what it was i think it was he needed a coach to kind of ease him into the role because he was so nervous about living up to um, Han Solo, up to uh, Harrison Ford, um, that he needed someone to literally coach him on how to just chill out. Mm -hmm. um, I think it got reported. To, I think everyone's fear was like, oh, God, he's going to be the next Hayden Christensen. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't think that's what was really at stake there. I think it was more just a case of, you know, and I mean, I don't, I don't envy the guy. He wasn't going to have any a, an easy job, no matter what he did. Um, but in the end, I, I think he did really good. Yeah, and I loved a lot of uh, the story choices that they went with. It was, it. I'll say this: it was the most fun I've had in a movie in a long time. Mm -hmm. So if you have not seen this movie, <laughs> you really need to go see it. Yeah, you are missing out. And I, I remember. Um... I remember leaving the theater and the first thing I thought about this movie was you could, you could do a star Lord solo film. You could easily do a star Lord movie because that, that was very fun. You set it in an already established universe. It worked out. But do we you, want that? Yeah. Oh yeah. I would. But that's because I read the Star Lord comic books, and those those were fantastic. Yeah. So this that's what that's a, that's one thing that made me excited um, after watching this movie. I was like, okay, all right, you did your you did your little field test for a potential Star Lord movie. If you want to ever go that route, people will go see it because it's Chris Pratt. Yeah. Pratt, 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 you know. Pratt, Pratt, Pratt. 
Also, the end, the end of this movie, uh, we're not going to, and that's why, and it's one big reason why we're not going to spoil it for you, audience, because we want people to go out and support this movie, um, because they do a really good job in it. The the end will definitely take you aback, and there's a big reveal of a character who easily, 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 um, you could do... You could have a spinoff um, with so many of these characters. You could have another Star Wars story because uh, they're going to need one um, once the once the main franchise is done. Well, sorry, once this this new trilogy is done, I guess. Because aren't they aren't they planning on making like an, another trilogy after this that's not focused on the Skywalkers? I'm pretty yeah. sure I read somewhere. Yeah. Uh, so you're gonna need to have those those movies in between, um, and this character could potentially have one of those spinoff movies, and people would be excited because they have not seen them in a very long time. Nope. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But here's but then I, I have an I have an actual gripe though, because uh, Stephen Stephen uh. He brought something to our attention on the show, and when we were trying to figure out what to talk about, and I, I'm actually I'm actually livid about this because, in in audience, if this is your first time listening to us, we here at Popcorn Prattle we take pride in the fact that if you have a film that is has diverse casting that tells another person's story, whether you be a woman, black, gay. Uh, Hispanic, uh, Asian, whatever. We want it. We want people to go see your movies. We want people to support it. We want to. We want to get more stories out there. Mm-hmm. And and the Star Wars franchise in recent years, I feel like, has made great strides to make that happen. But unfortunately, the fandom doesn't feel that way. And I'm gonna let I'm gonna let Stephen explain it. Um, because he was the one who, who found this story, but I, I would like to have like a round table discussion ab- about the, the Star Wars franchise and give them a bit of a scolding on this show. Yes. So, uh, this past week, um, it came out that, uh, Kelly Marie Tran had, uh, deleted her social media accounts, uh, following racist, misogynistic messages, uh, from fans, from diehard Star Wars fans. Um, that was, you know, it hasn't been confirmed if that was the reason, but I think it's kind of the assumption that it is what led her to do that. Um, and, you know, this is something that's been kind of going on for a long time. Ever since it came out that uh, Ray was going to be the new lead hero in uh, The Force Awakens, mm-hmm. there was a group... That complained, oh, why are you going to make it a girl? Why are you going to be all politically correct? And then uh, when it came out that Finn um, was going to be a black stormtrooper, uh, you know, there were complaints, oh, why are you going to cast black people now? And these aren't just like, you know, casual internet trolls who like to kind of fan the flames. These are genuine uh, Star Wars fans um, who uh, are marching around in droves saying that this new, what they call the Disney-fied um, 
version of Star Wars, the politically correct Star Wars is what they call it. Oh, um, they are real people, and they've been complaining about this for a long time. Uh, the complaints were there with Rogue One for having a female lead. And now we have Solo, and those complaints are nowhere to be found. Um, and it's really, it's disgusting. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Ryan Johnson actually uh, made an allusion to them, and he used a term that I'm going to borrow here that perfectly describes it. It's a bunch of man babies. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, if you you know if you don't like the new trilogy or the new Star Wars stuff, that's fine to each his own. But don't act like it has anything to do with the fact that there are women in the leads or that black people are being cast. Because you know what? That's the world. Those people exist too. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And it's just... Here's, here's the way I kind of look at it. You know, I have my disagreements with people who don't didn't like The Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, their response has typically been relatively similar to how The Empire Strikes Back was received when it first came out. People didn't have that same sweeping... Uh, sense of adventure that A New Hope gave them when they first saw it. Uh, So in 1980, people's reception to The Empire Strikes Back was meh, it was okay. Um, Not what I was hoping for. Um, But now it's typically considered, you know, like the best. Mm -hmm. Um, And, uh, but it didn't have this added um, contempt for what they like to call politically correct casting. Which, first of all, I hate that phrase, politically correct casting. Mm-hmm. It's like it's it's like a term that seems to suggest women don't have a right to be stars. Um, minorities don't have a right to be cast in these. And that, I don't think that's what Star Wars is about. Star Wars is something everyone, regardless of your background um, or upbringing, you know, can relate to. Mm-hmm. And so why would you not try to be as inclusive as possible? It's set in space. There are <laughs> aliens. <laughs> I don't seem to recall anybody getting upset at all the multicultural aliens in the cantina scene. Mm-hmm. But I just, it really, really upset me that, that, that you know, some people have taken their love of this franchise to the point where they go after the actors in it. Mm-hmm. And that is truly despicable. Um, you know, and I thought, you know, she did a fine job. So I don't understand where this level of hatred comes from other than they're just being, you know, ignorant and racist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's, it's, just, it, it's just really sad that, you know, if people kind of move away from you know this herd mentality of oh the internet says i shouldn't like the new star wars movies so i'm going to jump on that bandwagon they would see that these are really good movies mm-hmm. um that have not been disney-fied i have not seen any hidden mickeys so far so <laughs> i think we're good um and you should you know never harass the actors no. even if you didn't like a movie you know that's that's a horrible thing to do mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, that was really kind of, uh, you know, the big issue that kind of went down this past week. I think it's, I'm going to try, I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to be calm. I'm going to try to be calm. Hmm. 
you can love a franchise all you want to. Yeah. Okay? But it's, you see this, and I'm so tired of seeing this everywhere. You know, you saw this with The Cursed Child. You saw this, uh, you're, you're now seeing this with, with Star Wars. And you saw this with Thor and Thor Ragnarok. It's like, why are you so upset that people of a different gender or different ethnicity are playing these parts? Does it really throw you off that much that you can't look past it? What do you mean Admiral Akbar isn't a white man? <laughs> He's an alien. Well, and not only that, but the thing is, again, and I and I've talked about and I've talked about this on the show, you know, especially with movies like Black Panther where it's wonderful to see someone on the screen who looks like you. And that when you go cosplay, instead of people being racist and saying, oh, you can't cosplay as that person because you're not the right color or whatever. Because let's just keep it real. All you white boys out there who are uh, cosplaying <laughs> as all of these Asian characters, you're also not the right color. So shut it down. It's ridiculous. It's toxic. And I don't know. Well, I have a theory. I'm not going to get it on, on this show. On why I feel like we, on why I feel like people feel like it's okay to talk like that nowadays. But I think it's absolutely disgusting to to talk about an actress who, in my mind, she was one of the best parts of that movie. I loved Rose in Me that too. movie. Me too. And she felt she was real. Mm-hmm. She was a. She felt so real. Her being vulnerable about her sister, about mm-hmm. her being strong, about her position, her relationship with Finn. Mm-hmm. She was fantastic. Yes. Yes. And so for you to say that, to, for you to take that away from her just because she wasn't a white guy blows my mind and it makes me so angry. It really does. And don't and don't and, and and Steven, I agree with you. When people say political correctness, it also makes me mad. But it it makes me mad because basically what you're saying is she's not good enough to play that part. She only got it because of her race. Yeah, and that is ridiculous. That is absurd. Maybe someone, maybe uh, uh, some other girl should, or some boy or whatever should have done better then maybe they could have gotten the part. But they didn't. Mm-hmm. They wanted her. Because they said, you know what? Out of the hundreds and hundreds of people that we saw to show up at Lucasfilms or wherever they did their casting, they said, you know what? That's the girl. That's who mm-hmm. we want. Mm-hmm. You're not the casting director. Half of, half of these people that are talking about this stuff, they can't even act. Come up to me. Step up to me when you've when you've done a series of plays and movies, and you've you know you've clawed and scratched your way to get to the place that she's gotten to. And guess what? And and let me tell you something. As a minority actor, I can tell you right now, and Lindley can probably tell you the same thing. It ain't easy if you are not a white male. Yeah. 
And that's not, and again, and before you get angry with me, that's not to say anything against my brother Stephen over here. Oh, no, I agree 100%. You know? Um, I'm, not trying to take a, I'm not trying to take away anything from him, but I'm also trying to say, why, why should my girl Lindley over here struggle to get parts because of her gender? Why should I have to pick and choose what parts I can play based off the color of my skin? That's BS, man. And I'm trying, and audience, I'm trying real hard. I'm trying real hard not to curse right now. But I have been stewing on this all week because well, it infuriates me. And I'm so glad, Stephen, that you brought that you brought this to my attention because I, I, I can't, man. I can't. <laughs> well, you know, something I think that also kind of goes hand in hand with this is this is why I always get so annoyed when movies and movie trailers like to um there's this new advertising technique where they do a tomato meter reveal mm-hmm. um jurassic world just did this uh where they reveal what the rotten tomatoes uh, critic score is for the movie mm-hmm. and it's so hard to take any of that seriously because first of all my viewing of a film and my entertainment of it is shouldn't be dependent on how much other people enjoyed it and especially with Star Wars, because you look at all of the Disney Star Wars movies mm-hmm. and the most common criticisms have been there is a woman lead, there's a black actor, there's an Asian actor. And it's just like those are not criticisms of the film on its own terms. Mm-hmm. That's just a reviewer being ignorant and prejudiced. Mm-hmm. And it's like, why? So when they do these uh, tomato reveals, it's like. Yeah, the pro- the reason that score is probably so low is because there are so many people going on there complaining that there's a woman talking or that there is a black person yeah. in a position of authority. Mm-hmm. In the and it's yeah. Go ahead. Oh, I'm done. Oh, I was just gonna say, in the words of Mark Hamill about this situation, hashtag get a life, nerds. <laughs> yes, thank you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They really, they really do. If you're, I mean, if if you are so, if if your day is ruined because the actor is of a different ethnicity slash gender, get over yourself. Okay. Matter of fact, don't go to the movie. I'd much rather you not go to the movie. Go hang out on the internet, okay? Go on YouTube, make your 10 different accounts, right? And tell people, and tell people how much the movie sucked. Because guess what, nerd? Nobody's listening to you. Okay? I know you feel like you got power on the internet, but nobody is listening to you. And I know, I know there's probably some some nerds that are going to listen to this and like, well, no one's listening to you, black guy. You know what? Maybe not. But some people are. Okay? Some people are. And my positivity overpowers your negativity every single time. Hashtag stay woke. (laughs) (laughs) Stay woke. A Star Wars story. <laughs> Stay woke. Stay a Star. Wo- <laughs> You're welcome, Disney. Stay woke. A Star Wars story. That's what you know. What Stephen? You just made the title of this episode. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. 
Stay woke, a Star Wars so story. Much. Oh man. Well, audience, we have had we've had a lovely time uh, talking with you guys, and and you know what? I if you're listening to this, I encourage you all. Um, if you if you go online and you see anything, any sort of negativity towards anybody, and I'm not even talking about just minorities in general, but I, I'm I'm talking about everybody. We live we live in such a dark world nowadays, you know, where people are losing hope every single day. Be positive. Okay? Mm-hmm. Embrace those words of love, peace, and tranquility. That's why we that's why we sign off the show like that. Because this is an opportunity for you to to listen to something and just feel positive, right? To get upset about something about something dumb for once and then to rejoice with people when you're like, "Yeah, I agree. Like that is going to be fun or no, that is going to be dumb or whatever." Join in on our celebration. Don't bring someone down just because of X, Y, and Z reason that really has nothing to do with the type of person that they are. Audience, if you would like to continue this conversation with any one of us, uh, we have a variety of different ways that you can get in touch with us. You can always uh, email us. Uh, you can always go to our Popcorn Prattle Twitter at P-O-P. Oh, uh, sorry. Oh, forgot how to spell popcorn. <laughs> at P-O-P-C-R-O-N underscore Prattle, P-R-A-T-T-L-E. And uh, if you don't want to talk to Popcorn Prattle as a whole, maybe you want to talk to us individually. Uh, Lindley, where can the folks at home reach you? And did you also want to announce where you're going to be in the fall? Perhaps? Oh, yeah. That happened today. <laughs> sorry, I've been up since 730. <laughs> So, folks at home, you can reach me mostly on Instagram at LittleLottie. That is L-O-T-T-I-E. You can also find me under that same name under the Stardust app. And I just got my tickets for New York Comic Con. Woo! So, going to be going there. Got a Friday and Saturday ticket. It's going to be fun. And it's now time to... To uh, pick out my cosplays. I, I know I'm still doing Evie from mm. The Mummy. That, that's that's a given. Mm-hmm. But my other one I'm still debating. I might need your guys' help. Oh, most definitely. Yeah. 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 Stephen, where can the folks at home reach you, man? Folks at home, go on to YouTube, type in Bailey's Film Workshop. Uh, you'll see uh, various videos and films and projects I've made over the years with others. Uh, you can also check me out on Twitter by typing in at Bailey's Workshop. Just click the follow button and you'll get my thoughts on life and sometimes film. Yeah. And of course, folks at home, you can always reach me on my uh, personal Twitter at Mark, M-A-R-C underscore Leroy, L-A-R-O-Y. Uh, you can also uh, contact me again through uh, the Popcorn Prattle Twitter, the Popcorn Prattle uh, Facebook page. We would love, we'd love to strike up a conversation with you guys. We love you guys so much. Um, oh, and then also just to just to recap, I I also will be attending uh, a convention, possibly with Lindley, possibly not. We're still trying to work out the details. Um, but I will be at BlurredCon 
in uh, Washington, D.C., where it, I, even though it's called Blurred Con, if you don't know what a blurred is, it's a black nerd, which is what I am. Uh, if you don't know what Blurred Con is, um, Blurred Con, you do not have to be uh, black to go. Um, Obviously, it's encouraged, but everybody is involved, which is what I love about this uh, particular convention. Um, That will be around July 27th and 29th, again, in Washington, D.C. So, hope to see you guys there. I do believe that is everything. Am I right, guys? I think so. Yes. All right. So, audience, before we go... I leave you with this. From all of us to all of you, we wish you peace, love, and tranquility. You all take care now.